Good morning. My name is Matt. If I haven't had a chance to meet, all right. Today's message is titled "Prepared for the Next." Prepared for the next. And so today's big idea is simply this. Every day is a fresh opportunity to prepare for what God has next. Not just me as a pastor, you in whatever, as a parent, as an employee, as a business owner, as just a simple human being, every day is a fresh start for you to prepare for what God has next. Tomorrow is next. And today you have the opportunity to prepare for that. It has been my experience, right, as a follower of Jesus and hanging out with other followers of Jesus that people have to learn how to wax on, wax off. People have to learn how to paint the fence because what they do is exactly what Daniel's son does. They just wax wax on, wax off. They just paint the fence, right? And they miss that God is training you, giving you opportunities every single day as he prepares you for what he wants to do next in your life. And you've got to have men and women in your life that will say, look, I, keep your eyes not on me, on Jesus. He is sanctifying you. Jesus is making you look more like him every single day. We often just don't know it. We often forget about it. So here's what I think happens. I think there's three natural responses to people when God is trying to teach us something new whether it be a change in your life, whether it be a challenge in your life, whether it be a new opportunity, I think there's three natural responses, and I want to give those to you today, and I made them all see so that I could remember them, and maybe you will too, right? And the three words are this, cry, crisis, and conflict. Cry, crisis, and conflict. And we typically respond, I'm going to say in two of those ways, one way we get to be learned or taught or encouraged into. Amen? Now, they all three, none of those look like, woo, I want to do those, right? They don't naturally look like three positive words, but they actually are. So I want to start with this one. I want to start with the word cry, right? Now, often when people face a change, they face a challenge or an opportunity, they have a cry for help. You have a cry for help. Raise your hand if you've ever asked God to help you in something. We all have, right? We've all done this. This is how most people pray. Most of our prayer life is us coming to God and asking for help. And this is very biblical, by the way, right? It, the, the foundation is biblical. I'm going to give you just two quick verses. First, in, Rome, uh, in Romans chapter 10, Paul writes this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Like, he talks about if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he claimed to be. And then he ends it by saying, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be be saved. Man, what a great thing, God. So maybe today you're, you're in a stressful situation, and you're honestly, if you were being just gut level honest, you know of the Lord, but you don't follow him, you don't confess him as your, as your Lord and leader, you, get, you have the opportunity today to recognize what he's done for you and call out on his name as a cry for help. And the Bible says that he will save you because you cried. What a, fun, what a great God we serve. He doesn't say, hey, no, I want you to leave first, and I want you to get it all taken care of. And once you get it all figured out, then you come back and then, because I only accept clean people with no problems. No, in our great need, right, when we call out for the Lord, he rescues us. He saves us. The second one, 1 Peter 5, 7. I love this one. I reminded one of my buddies, uh, Alan, this morning of this scripture. Peter, the guy who walked with Jesus as close as anybody, he wrote this in 1 Peter 5, 7. says, give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares for you. We use this scripture as a primary one in our What Happy Couples Know series. Because oftentimes in relationships, we take all of our cares and our worries and we dump it on the person that we know best. 
And that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, give all your cares and worries to who? Not them, but him. You can talk to her about it. You can talk to him about it. You can talk to me about it, but not before you cast it on the Lord. And so if you're frustrated this morning and you've been letting everybody hear it on social media, pause that, delete those posts, and cast your cares first on the Lord. Why? Because he's the only one who can truly handle it. Now, here's the problem, okay? Here's the problem with that. God wants to save and God wants to care But the Bible is also clear on this, and I'm going to read this how I wrote it. The Bible is also clear that God's ways are higher than our ways. More often than not, God doesn't go about the saving and caring in a way that is the most appealing to us. And so our cry for help is actually this. God, will you change your will to accommodate my life? And your prayer life is typically set with, God, I want you to change what I think you may be doing so that my life will be a little bit easier. And you cry and you cry and you pray and you pray. And that is what, mo- that, honestly, this is how most Christians pray. Is instead of aligning our prayer life to what we see God doing, we ask God to change what he's doing to better accommodate our life. And I don't know if God does that. So I wanted to give maybe like a question, because how do you know if you're doing this? How do you know if you're, if you're in this cry for help mode? And so I'm going to give a primary question for each of our three C's. And the primary question for the cry for help is this. God, will you? Like the, that's kind of where your statement starts. Like God, will you? See, I think there's an opportunity for this church to mature in our prayer life. There's an opportunity for you and I to mature in our prayer life by saying, God, what do I see you doing around me? And how do I align even the words that come out of my mouth to align with what you're saying? Personal example for me is I've been having a hard time staying asleep. I'm going to sleep. I'm having a hard time staying asleep. I just keep waking up a ton. And every time I wake up, guess what's on my mind? That new building. And so I found myself saying, God, will you help me, blah, blah, blah. God, will you help me, blah, blah, blah. And I've had to, and so when I'm working on this message, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm doing this. And so I've been saying, God, what do I see you doing? Right? And why am I, why am I thinking on this? And so I, I went to Matthew chapter 6. And Matthew chapter 6 is all about the do not worry stuff. Because it wasn't like worried, freak out, like this is not going to happen. It was like worried because the responsibility is so awesome that I don't want to mess it up. And I'm like, you know what, Lord? You got this. Amen? God, you've got this. You've got people around me that love me. I've got a great team surrounding me. I've got people with pickup trucks that are going to move stuff on Monday night. <laughs> Cheap plug, right? Like, like, I don't have to worry because you have this for me. And Let's change our prayer life, right? From God, will you, to God, how do I align what I'm asking you to what you're doing? Because how God may want to care for you might look different than the plan that you lay out in front of him. Amen? Just something for you to consider. Here's the second C. So if cry for help is not it, then surely crisis is not the right one. You'd be wrong. This is the one that I think is the most important. Crisis of belief. This is something that we're currently learning. How many of you guys are walking with experiencing God with me right now? Just by a show of hands. My experiencing God people. Several hands in the room, all right? Crisis of belief. Let me talk to you about this. I promise, I promise, so like, this is just like one of those statements that I'm going to make because I think I'm right, okay? If you're going to take your next spiritual step, you will 100% face a crisis of belief. There's no getting around it. Because a crisis of belief looks like three things. I want to give you three evidences of a crisis of belief. Number one, when God invites you to take your next step, when he invites you to join him into something, it's always beyond, it's always beyond your current want to or know-how. Like, 
baptism. Maybe that's the next step, and you're like, oh, yuck, you're pushing back. Maybe it's, uh, well, let me, let me kind of give you how I, how I wrote this. I have no idea what special assignment God will give you as you deepen your relationship with him. Like there will be a special assignment, I believe this, that God will give you as you develop a relationship with him that will like, ah, that kind of like what we've been talking about, like that real funny God ain't no way stuff. But before that, there's all of these common ones that I've just noticed as I've been a pastor for the last 20-something years. There's these common crises of belief that as you follow Jesus that you're going to have to face. I want to give you just some of these, right? Here's one. Forgiving somebody. Like God, I know this to be true of the room this size, that God is asking you in this room to forgive somebody, and you're rationalizing out why you don't have to or should do that. It's a crisis of belief. Some of us in this room are struggling with the fact that God is asking you to ask for forgiveness for someone, for your own behavior or words you used. And every time you think of it, man, you're like, man, I should make that right. And you're, and you're just, you push back on that because, man, it doesn't feel easy. Look, guy, right? Focus. This is what God's wanting you to do. How about this one? Working at your job as if working to the Lord. Like, you excuse your poor work ethic at your workplace because your boss is a jerk. That has nothing to do with it as a follower of Jesus. The scripture says, go to work as you're working unto who? The Lord. And so if, you do, if your behavior at your workplace is based on your circumstances, you have a crisis of belief to recalibrate how you go about your daily work as a follower of Jesus. That's hard. Because you doing that doesn't make your boss a better person. And you as an employee owner doesn't make your employees better because you do that. You can fire them. But I mean, yeah, you have that privilege. How about showing love to your spouse? Some of you are waiting to show love to your spouse or to the person you're dating once they get their act together. And you're in a crisis of belief. You're in a crisis of belief because, well, if I, and it's just scary because what if I do that? What if I put myself out there? Choosing to be a parent is a crisis of belief. That's completely different than having kids. Having kids is the fun part. Being a parent is a lot of hard work. And for some of us, it's a crisis of belief. Will I trust God that he has qualified me and gifted me to do this? And will I step into it? Now, there's one that I haven't mentioned that is a common one. And since I've already taken the offering, I'm going to go here, right? (laughs) Tithing, being generous, is a common crisis of belief for the church. This is just one that, let me, me, I, I wrote this down. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? In 21 years of ministry, I've never had a Christian with financial issues come to me and say this, Pastor Matt, will you pray with me about my money situation? I'm asking for wisdom on how to align my money with God's commands. I've never had a person ask me that. But I've had countless conversations where people have come and asked me to pray with them that God would give them more to help them out. I've had more cry for helps when it comes to financial issues than crisis of belief. And there is a common crisis of belief if you want to see financial freedom in your life to quit crying out for God to rescue you and to change your prayer life to say, God, how do I I align what I currently have been given to what I see in your word? And I can tell you what I think God sees in your word, but you're just going to argue with me. And I've heard them all, so bring it on. I've heard them all. Oh, it's just Old Testament. Oh, man, that's just being legalistic. Jesus saves. I've heard it all. But what I, what I would say is that it always comes back to this. A crisis of belief of, can I trust God with my money? 
And the attitude is this. You think you know better. And God's just your spiritual Fannie Mae. He's your spiritual quick, whatever those things are, quick books or your loan. Like we get in a crisis, I'm just going to go and pray real hard and God's just going to kind of dump money into my lap because we cry for help. What if, what if you could get your life in a place by aligning your generosity to what God's word says where you could actually become the person that's helping other people rather than always asking God to help you? Do you know how fun it is for me and my family to have what we call our God pocket? It's that portion of money, because we tithe the new city, 10% without any question. But anything over that that we choose to give, we, get, we, we, we decide where we want to give it to. You know, the Bible says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. But Jesus also discipled his disciples and how he gave so that they could see what he did. And this week, we were at Mercy Me concert. And at the Mercy Me concert, they talk about a world, uh, whatever, about helping kids, what is, what's it called? World Vision. And they had people come out and they talked about uh, the kids all around the world who don't have food, Right? And, and so they said, hey, does anybody want to sponsor these kids? I mean, God has been so good to me and my family. My wife is so financially smart. She keeps us in good shape. And yeah, do I want to go from a grande coffee every week or to the venti? Or do I want to help a kid? Or, and I said, I'll raise my hand. Does that mean I'm not going to give to New City this week? No way, no way, no way. God has blessed me too much. I choose to be generous. I lead with a yes. God, do I see you working? Do I want to join you? What does it take for me? Guys, align. It's a common crisis and, and for me too. So I don't want to spend all the time on that. But here, here's the primary question on crisis of belief. Your question is this. If, if cry for help was God, uh, uh, God will you, the crisis of belief question is God, uh, will God? Will God? Will God really, will God really lead me through this? Will God really take care of me? Will God really be there if I give? Will God really make sure my stuff gets taken? Will God? It's a crisis of belief. Man, listen, me too, by the way. Can I just read you some things I thought of as I was writing this? Each time I enter into a conversation about a next campus, I'm faced with a crisis of belief. When I go talk to that church in Piper, you don't think that I'm scared to death that can I lead this? That can I do this? I know me. I'm just a dude. I've got to respond. I mean, you don't think there's a crisis of belief of a, a freak out of Lord, can I? Think about this one. When I, when I pull the elders together and I begin to share with them about this opportunity to buy this building, you don't think there's a crisis of belief for me of am I leading these guys in the right way that God's asking me? You think I just skipped into the meeting like, no, I'm scared to death. God, are you, will you really? Will you really? Are you really leading me in this, God? Will you? Man, when I looked my wife in the eye back in 2010 or 2009, I guess it was, and I said, I think God's leading us to Kansas City. You think that wasn't a crisis of belief? To leave all of our family in a great paying job at a thriving, growing church and say, hey, let's move to a part of the country that we've never been to people that we do not know and let's start something that's currently not there. Really, God, will you? God, will you really do that? Do you, are you do, scared to death? Here's a silly one. The first time I asked Jen Wells on a date, that was a crisis of belief. Scared to death. And everybody, when I told them what I was going to do, they're like, real funny, ain't no way, right? That girl's going to say yes to you. Every time God moves you, every time God moves you into the next, you're going to lean in with, I don't know. I'm scared. It's a crisis of belief. And you have to decide, will you trust God to pull you through that every single time? I want to show you a video. We're trying to tell more stories, right? 
we're trying to tell more stories. And, and so I asked a guy from our Wednesday at lunch Experiencing God class to tell us what God's doing at him. So let's watch this video from our friend Rich Maxwell. My name's Rich Maxwell. I've been coming to New City for, it'll be two years uh, this Thanksgiving. You know, I came here for a year and a half, and I really was kind of a Sunday participant, and uh, I just knew God really wanted me to plug in and be accountable and, and, and grow. And so I made a decision first to uh, join this uh, Experiencing God session and I told several people that I was really excited about doing that. I think I was one of the first people to get one of the free books and uh, joined in that group and then right about that time people have been talking to me about a D group and I really didn't know for sure. In fact, you know, I, I didn't know if I could trust the people in the group or whatever and then one of the people in my Experiencing God group said, I just really like this guy and uh, he said, you know, what are you doing? And I found out there's two people in this men's group that meets on Tuesday that I already knew really well. One of them did marbles with me. And uh, I walked into that group and I just felt like first time maybe in 20 years, I had a bunch of men around me. And uh, it's just, my wife is just impressed totally that I've got a bunch of male friends that I'm, that I'm uh, walking with the Lord with. So yeah, I've been uh, following the Lord most of my life and uh, had a devotion, private devotional for years and years. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of this study, I'm discovering how big of a baby I am <laughs> in certain areas of my life. I just feel like I'm, I'm taking baby steps. And the specific area, we call it a crisis belief. We just had a, this week's study was on that. But the crisis of belief is, uh, do you believe what the word's saying? And are you in the Word and listening to the Word? That's one of the biggest things. Another one that's really kind of fresh this week it, that has really hit me over the head is are you asking for the impossible? You know, I can, I can ask God to help me do these wonderful things I'm doing in my life and in my ministries, but He's, he's saying to me, where was, where's God in that? I mean, where's the miracle in that? Where, where does God show up? And people have to say, that's not rich. That's God doing that. And that is powerful. And I'm all, I'm all about it. I'm really excited to take that step, that baby step. And you'd, you'd think after, you know, you know, I'm an old guy. I've been around a long time. And, you know, I love the church. I've always believed in the church. And here I am. Just I just feel like I'm, I'm just a, starting out, just learning some new things. Thanks for being willing to share your story. Now, this is not in my notes, but I'm going to ask it, okay? If you're here this morning, I think it's maybe just the Spirit asking me to lead this. If you're here this morning and you're faced with a current crisis of belief that you're scared to take, would you just raise your hand? There may not be a bunch of you, but there's some reason high. Say, this is me, Matt. I've got a crisis of belief and I'm scared to death. In a moment, after this next point, we're going to have a time of prayer. I'm going to ask some of the elders to pray. I'm going to ask you to be bold and come up here and let somebody pray over you, okay? Because... I believe this. There are times when we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that will push us through our crisis of belief. There are times when you need supernatural, God, get me through this moment because on my own, I don't know if I can. And so if you're facing one of those, man, I want you to be prayed for and prayed over here in just a moment. Amen? Final C, the third C is this, is conflict of leadership.
So we have a cry for help where you're asking God to change his will to meet your, accommodate your life. A crisis of belief is where you're aligning your life to what God says by stepping in through faith to what God's asking you to do. And the third one is a conflict of leadership. And this is the primary question. Well, let me say it like this. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, this is not how we behave. A conflict of leadership is where you're struggling with the authority that God is putting over your life. You're struggling with the fact that God is asking you to go left, but you want to go right. God is saying, I want you to go here, but you're like, I want to go there. And so here's the primary question, if this is you, you're typically asking God, why? Why, God? Why? And every time he says something, your immediate response is defensive because you know better. And guys, that is a dangerous position for the disciple because we forget who God is. Can I remind you real quick who God is? He is high and lifted up. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who art here on earth with us. No, no, no. Our Father who art in heaven, your name is set apart. Hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come down here as it is up here. Would your will be done down here as it is up there? Sometimes we forget who we're praying to. This happens in my home all the time. Can I, can I give you a similar stories, uh, maybe kind of how this, my kids forget who they're talking to. Sometimes my second-year-old son thinks he's talking to me as one of his buddies on the playground. And Luke will say something to me, and I'm like, boy, have you lost your mind? Right? And I got him like, you're, you're out of your mind talking to me like that. Just, it's not just Luke. The other day, this was kind of a funny one. Allie, Allie Joe, my oldest twin, about 30 seconds. She's getting a little sassy lately. And they had a big mess in the living room. And I said, Allie, you need to take care of your mess. And under her breath, but loud enough for me to hear, she said, well, you need to take care of your kids. I said, what'd you say? And she told me, you need to take care of your kids. And, I, and Jen's on the, Jen sat on the couch working on our computer. And I looked at her and I go, like, guys, there's no book for this. And I said to Jen, I go, how do I, what do I do? And Jen goes, I have no idea. And I said, Allie Joe Miller, get your butt upstairs. I'm about to create a memory for you. That's what I call it. We created a memory in the Miller household. Like, you, you know who you're talking to, right? But when we approach God, we do the same thing. We, we approach God like he's Pastor Matt. You can challenge me. I'm not carrying the voice of the Lord. But when God impresses on your heart that this is what I'm asking you to do, and your natural leaning back is, why, God? Because you know better? I think God wants to say, do you know who you're talking to? See, God is perfect. And he's not just throwing out deals at your life to see which one sticks. When he gives you a command, a directive, it's the best, perfect one. You don't have to say, well, God, have you thought it through? God, I will, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I think what would be better is if you... No, he knows best. And when you ask God why, what you're saying to him, and it may be silly for you to hear this, but when you ask God why, what you're telling him is that you think there's a better way. And you are challenging him for the authority that he has given you in your, over your life. You can challenge me, you can challenge your spouse, you can challenge your friends. But when God tells you to do something, then do it. Yes, Lord, may I have another. Because the truth is, like he, he's the Mr. Miyagi. Not me. I'm just a Daniel son too. And everything that God is teaching you, like those, those things, going back to the video, those wax on, wax off, paint the fence, that wasn't the end of the movie. Mr. Miyagi built upon those things. 
And he's later going to teach Daniel the crane kick that's going to win him the All-Valley Championship against Johnny, the true hero of the movie, right? No, but against Johnny, he's going to teach him this crane kick. He didn't start with a crane kick. He started with paint the fence. I'm telling you, God has got something beautiful for you if you will trust him and quit fighting him every step of the way. Lean into the Lord. Maybe this morning, while some are asking for a supernatural blessing to power through a crisis of belief, maybe others of us need to confess our rebellious heart that you keep arguing with what the master of the universe is trying to do in your life. I'm going to ask Curtis to come up. And uh, we're going to do, we're going to end today a little different. We're going to, Curtis is going to sing a song over you this morning. So I'm going to ask you to stay seated. And while he sings over you, we're going to put up these questions on the screen. And I want to give you a time to reflect on some of the things that maybe you heard me say this morning, but more importantly, what the Holy Spirit has pressed upon your heart. Three questions are this. What has God revealed to you today? You have an open space in your bulletin. Write this in. This is for you. This is not for me. You're not, it's not a pop quiz. I'm not going to have you share it with me unless you want to. But what has God revealed to you today? Number two, what is your current crisis of belief? We all have one. We all have a current crisis of belief. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a spot of generosity. Maybe it's, there's something that God is inviting you into that you're, you're nervous that God will, you can trust God with. And finally, the third question is, what action is required for you to step out in faith? A crisis of belief always requires action. Always. Like when God gives you an opportunity to follow him, there is a step to follow. And it will scare you to death to take it. So Curtis, I want to ask Curtis to play in just a moment. You can start whenever you want, buddy, with that guitar. But I want to pray over you. And you don't have to bow your head. You can if you want to, if it helps you you focus. But my prayer is simply this, that God would win in your life today. That right now the Holy Spirit would speak to you so clear that you know it's his voice. And what he asks you to do is so clear that you know what it is. And that you would have the faith and the encouragement to do the next thing. I'm going to ask some of our leadership to come up. Just uh, We have some leaders that will be in the back. I'm going to ask some of our leadership to come up to the front. And if you just want to be prayed over this morning during this song, you're invited to do that. If you want to sit at your chair and just kind of reflect on those three questions, we're going to keep them up on the screen. But today, it's, it's meant for, for God to win. Right? Today, I, I'm, I am begging God to win in your life. My prayer this morning when I pulled up is, God, as people are waking up and they're kind of curious if they're going to go to church today, man, encourage them to get here. Encourage them to be in the house. Let's see who we got. We got Pastor Charlie in the back. We have Pastor Randy and Pastor Jacob here. Man, if you want to be prayed over, prayed for, I'm going to ask Andrew Black to stand over here on the back right corner. Andrew was a great person to pray for. Bill and Mary Cobb, you guys, I know you're great prayer warriors. But man, if you just want to pray over people today, like if you're like, man, I'm in a place where I'm being obedient, and God's, I, I, and if you want to be a prayer person over people's life, we want you to exercise that gift this morning. Amen? Jesus, we come to you. We thank you for all that you're doing. Spirit move as Curtis, Pastor Curtis, sings over us this morning. Jesus' name that I pray, amen.